Now, I don't know about you, but I'm in my mid-30s, and just now, I'm starting to have more compassion for myself, to be less strict, less judgmental, and just less demanding of myself overall. And I can honestly say that I've spent most of my life not practicing any type of self-acceptance. I spend most of it tearing myself apart and wishing I was anyone else. If that sounds like you, then you are in good company. From the smallest thing of not liking my name for the longest time. When I was a kid, I was a huge fan of the show The Secret World of Alex Mack. And I fell in love with her character. And then I went to find out what her real name was. And I just fell in love with her name, which was Larissa. So I desperately wished for that to be my name. Unfortunately, that never never happened. And then to the much larger issue at hand of hating that I was an introvert. I wasted many, many years wishing I was anything but an introvert because I saw it as a detriment, as something that was less than. I spent years and years wishing so badly that I could be like my best friend because she is an extrovert. If you watched my interview with her, she's the one that walked up to a stranger on the beach to ask them for sunscreen. She's literally the ultimate extrovert who can easily crash on strangers' couches and and become best friends with them the moment that she lands in a foreign country. She has like this magic touch or something, and I've never been able to pick up on it or to understand how she could be that way. You know, she's like the extrovert who was never faced at making a fool of herself, of showing up authentically, of telling people off and, you know, protecting me in, in many situations. And, you know, simply being so comfortable in her skin that she didn't care, still doesn't care about what anyone thinks of her. That's all to say that it's been a long road to self-acceptance for me. And on some days, I still struggle with remnants of old versions of myself. They want to kind of pull me back to who I used to be. You know, they keep popping up when I least expect them and they make me feel like I haven't grown one bit. Although now I have so many tools in my repertoire to help me cope when I feel like I'm about to go into destruction mode, anti-rocks mode. In today's episode, I want to highlight some signs of self-acceptance. Welcome to the Year Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Roxana Alexandru from Honest Rocks, and I am obsessed with social anxiety. After a decade of trying to figure out how to manage it on my own, I'm on a mission now to share every little insight I've gained along the way. Every week, we'll get just a little bit closer to unraveling the mystery of it, so you can... Now, while some of these are minor, others require a lot more effort and work to work through, I guess, to to achieve. And that's okay, because this life is a journey towards understanding oneself, and there's no need to rush through it. And again, these signs are from my perspective, okay? These are not, like, scientifically proven. There's no, like, list on psychology today where you can find this. This is just from my my proper experience walking through my journey towards self-acceptance. And some of these, I will, as I highlight some of these signs, I will try to back them up with some kind of psychology or studies or something. Um, But if not, it's just something that I thought of and something that I felt was compelling to share with you. So the first sign is hearing your voice on video or audio and being totally okay with how it sounds. Because here's the thing, right? So the sound of my voice was the main reason it took me so long to show up online, the way that I badly wished to show up. You know, there's also the other aspect where I was super conscious and insecure about my accent. So yeah, but that kind of ties in with the voice. And I think it's a fact that most of us don't like how we sound or, you know, how we look 
on video, but I'm focusing specifically on the voice. And it, it is a psychological factor because hearing our voice can make us self-conscious about how we sound to others. It can trigger embarrassment or criticism about our speech that maybe we didn't know or hadn't noticed before. Maybe pronunciation, pitch, tone. We might focus on perceived flaws or quirks in our speech that others might not notice or care about. So here's why this is a sign of self-acceptance, and this is where psychology and some studies come in. Being able to hear your voice reflects a certain comfort with self-perception and a reconciliation of the difference between the internal and the external perceptions of oneself. So how you see yourself internally versus how you might be perceived externally. And there is that gap because you think you look and sound one way, but then when you see yourself on camera or hear yourself, it doesn't really match. And according to studies in cognitive psychology, people who are comfortable with their recorded voice demonstrate a higher level of self-acceptance and a lower level of self-criticism. And this is because they've harmonized their self-perception with external feedback, which is a very important aspect of self-acceptance. It means that you are comfortable and accepting of how you see yourself. You're also comfortable with criticizing yourself when you hear your voice. You're able to be like, I hear it and I'm totally okay with that. All right, another sign of self-acceptance is the ability to be misunderstood without dying to explain yourself. Now, usually when I run into a situation when, where I'm being misunderstood, and usually it's after every single post or video that I do online, and I feel this intense need to defend myself and over-explain my point of view and what I meant and what I said by that and provide context and details and things like that, you know, I remind myself that if I'm being attacked due to a misunderstanding on someone else's part, then that's not on me. I cannot control what someone else thinks about something that I said. I do not know their reality, their experience. I don't know what they're bringing to the table when they hear or see something um, from my part. I am not privy to that information. I cannot control what someone else thinks about me. And I'm not going to waste my time trying to correct them just to make myself feel better because ultimately that's what it comes down to. I'm trying to make myself feel better. Be like, I'm a good person. I promise that's not what I meant, right? That's what, that's what it comes down to when we try to over-explain. We don't want someone else to have a negative impression or perception of us that they walk away being, oh, that's a shitty person. I can't believe that they said that. When in your heart, you know that it was being misconstrued. And chances are that they will double down on their perception and nothing you or I will say will change their minds. Here's why this is a sign of self-acceptance. So this indicates a secure sense of self and that you understand that your worth as a person isn't dependent on someone else's approval or their understanding of you, right? I mean, we already have a hard time understanding ourselves, um, let alone having someone else try to understand us. And it comes through so many filters and lenses from their side that it's practically impossible to know how they see us or why they, they see us that way. And psychologically, this aligns with the concept of self-differentiation, which apparently a psychologist and a pioneer in family therapy, Murray Bowen, described as the ability to separate feelings and thoughts, right? I usually like to go back to my thoughts are not facts. And this is kind of like that, right? You have to separate your feelings and your thoughts just because you feel something 
doesn't mean that it's necessarily true or that you think something doesn't mean that that's reality. So high self-differentiation implies that you can maintain a strong sense of who you are even when you're misunderstood, which is so hard. But yes, this is a huge sign of self-acceptance. And this is one of those signs that requires a lot of work, a lot of therapy, potentially a lot of hours just trying to work through being okay with being misunderstood. It's it's painful, but sitting with it and, and just coming to terms is going to play a huge role in your growth. All right. Number three, when disappointing someone, you don't attach your worth to it. So if you know, you know. I spent years in corporate America feeling worthless because of the mistakes that I made, because of not hitting my manager's expectations, because of colleagues criticizing me. I would just come into work looking forward to a productive day only to leave at the end of the day hating myself and wondering why am I doing this to myself? Like, why am I putting myself through this torture? It was this never-ending cycle and I just couldn't break out of it until I left. So I left corporate America in 2019. That was my solution, to give up instead of working through my own limitations. I explained my unhappiness and lack of self-worth away in the actions of others. Literally, I was just blaming everything and everyone else around me, the whole system, instead of really looking at how I was interpreting things and why it was so hard for me to sit with myself when I felt like I disappointed someone or I let my colleague down, um, so on and so forth. Now, here's why this is a sign of self-acceptance. If you exhibit the sign, it means that you have a healthy separation between your actions, right? So the things that you do that could potentially disappoint someone and your inner self-worth. So according to Carl Rogers, a founder of humanistic psychology, unconditional self-acceptance, which I don't know if that's a possibility, but let's go with it. Unconditional self-acceptance is key to mental well-being. Realizing that your worth isn't tied to every action, especially when it comes to disappointing others, is a sign of being emotionally mature and having self-compassion for yourself. So there is that psychological piece to it. All right. The fourth sign of self-acceptance is vocally admitting when you've made a mistake or wronged someone. This one is hard. It is hard for my six-year-old. It is hard for my husband. It is hard for me. It is hard for everybody. Admitting that we made a mistake, hurt, or wronged someone is not an easy thing to do. There, there's no easy setting for this. And for the majority of my life, I either resorted to pretending that nothing happened, sweeping it under the rug, hoping that enough time would pass to make things right, or that the person would just forget about it and moved on. Very cowardly of me for sure. I also employed the silent treatment. I'll be honest. Anything to not admit guilt. Now, these days, I will do everything that I can to be the first one to apologize to you, to my kid, to my husband. I am trying to embody this principle, or I'm, and I want it to be part of who I am, to admit that I made a mistake and we'll do better next time. And it is so empowering. It's more scary to actually hide from a mistake than it is to take it on head first. And here's why this is a sign of self-acceptance. Admitting to mistakes or acknowledging when we've wronged someone is tied to self-acceptance because that requires a, a, a certain level of self-awareness and honesty. And that's very hard to find these days. 
you have to be able to recognize your imperfections and really take responsibility for your actions. It's a reflection of our strength and maturity if we have the ability to do this. By admitting mistakes, we're technically saying that we understand and accept ourselves as flawed human beings, but we are simultaneously capable of growing and improving ourselves. Now, there was a study conducted by Winkler and Fishback. It found that failure to admit our mistakes comes from feeling threatened. We feel like our ego is threatened and our self-esteem is taking a hit. So when our self-esteem is threatened, we tend to stop learning from our mistakes. We're more busy trying to defend ourselves, to rationalize, to justify why we did what we did. So that kind of takes away from the admission of it. And that's because admitting mistakes can make us feel shame, which is not an emotion any of us enjoy. And shame is very closely linked to low self-esteem and social anxiety, by the way. So a lot of people are going to hide their mistakes from others due to that, which in turn prevents them from learning and also could actually make the situation worse. If, if, for example, you lied about making that mistake, it can come back and bite you in the ass, making it so much worse on your self-worth um, and it might take you longer to reach self-acceptance. All right, number five, share a flaw slash insecurity that you have out loud. Now, one of the most challenging yet liberating signs of self-acceptance is the ability to openly share a flaw or insecurity that you have. So technically being vulnerable with people around you. It's about stepping into the light, revealing parts of yourself that you're, you know, you don't really want to. You want to just keep hiding them, right? And this was a big step for me. I remember the first time I talked openly about how scared I was to speak up in meetings and do public speaking in a room full of people. And I remember sharing that with my manager and my colleagues because I was placed in situations that I had to conduct meetings and stand up in front of, you know, a whole state, a whole auditorium of people. And it was daunting. But the moment I voiced it, I felt a huge weight lifted off my shoulders and I was able to work through it with the people around me because I was able to join Toastmasters, right? So by vocally sharing my insecurity, they were, they were able to help me. And so I ended up, you know, managing my fear of public speaking. And it's not about seeking validation or sympathy, but about owning every part of yourself, the good, the bad, you know, the in-between. Here's why this is a sign of self-acceptance. By acknowledging and sharing your flaws, your insecurities, you confront them head on, which is a really brave act of self-acceptance. Psychologically, this behavior aligns with the concept of vulnerability, which Brene Brown, who is a research professor, identifies as a strength. It's a form of courage that leads to greater connection with others and more importantly, with yourself. I always talk about the importance of vulnerability and how it has so much power to break through your social anxiety. All right, number six, the last sign of self-acceptance is when you don't feel deep shame the moment you react inappropriately to something or someone because you know why you did. And this is a significant milestone when you can react inappropriately to a situation and not spiral into deep shame and feeling like you're not worth anyone's attention. Of course, recognizing and correcting your behavior is important, but understanding why you reacted a certain way is crucial. So for instance, I used to beat myself up for days after reacting to a stressful situation. You know, the things that I said, how I looked, how I manifested myself, and it would just take up so much of my mental space and energy. 
And now, these days, I realize that those reactions often came from past experiences and deep-seated fears and, you know, deep, a deep-rooted shame in myself. So understanding that now allows me to address the root cause rather than just the symptoms, which is the reaction. Here's why this is a sign of self-acceptance. This demonstrates a high level of self-awareness and emotional intelligence. It means that you are not only accepting your imperfections, but you also kind of get it. You kind of understand why you're reacting and saying the things that you do. And, you know, it's not that it's an excuse, but you understand. You understand. And that understanding is key to self-growth. And according to emotional intelligence theory, being aware of why we feel and act the way that we do is crucial for developing healthier coping mechanisms and improving the way that we interact with others on a consistent and daily basis. So now that we've gone through these six signs of self-acceptance, I'm curious, do you see some of these signs in yourself? Are you able to do these six things without wanting to beat yourself up at the end of the day? Because if that's the case, then you're on solid ground. You are homies with yourself. Now, if you are struggling with some of these, that's perfectly okay. We all are. Trust me, there's so many of these things that I'm still struggling with. And we can fluctuate on how we feel about ourselves depending on the season we're in. So the goal is to get to a place where we can rely on self-acceptance to guide us through difficult moments, especially when we feel very socially conscious. Now, going back quickly to the last sign... That was mostly for when you react or you're triggered by someone. And for me, I have to you know, think about my kids and how I sometimes lose it with them. And you can assess why you were triggered and why you reacted that way. So you can rest at peace with yourself that you're working on it and that you can. And it also helps you accept where you are in your journey. So I also wanted to you know, give you some practical ways that you can strengthen your self-acceptance. So one of the ways is to embrace your alone time. So make peace with who you are, not the version of yourself that you, you know, adapt to others or the masks that you put on. So take the time to recharge, you know, be by yourself, journal, think things through and just enjoy that, you know, just accept who you are at your core. The second thing that you can do is self-care, right? But in a way that makes sense for you. And I learned long ago that what makes, you know, what makes me happy is not necessarily the same thing as what makes other people feel happy. My definition of fun is not your definition of fun. And that's something that I had, I really struggled with because, you know, again, like I wanted to be that extrovert. I wanted, I wanted to be able to enjoy going to parties. I thought that was like the definition of fun. And I wanted so badly for that to be fun for me, but it never was. And now I finally accept that, okay, it's not, I don't care. I have my own version of fun and I'm going to go do that. So you have to kind of think about what's healthy for you um, versus what's healthy for others. A third thing that you can do is really just sit with yourself, with your emotions, especially the negative ones. I know we're taught to kind of dismiss them, push them away, but it's better to allow yourself to experience them and process them rather than suppress them and push them away. And the last tip is to really practice self-compassion. Just be kind to yourself, even when you make mistakes or you're triggered or you don't show up the way that you want to. Just know that you will never be perfect. It's not a realistic goal. It should never be a goal. It's all about trying to be better the next day, the next moment. And, and to just be more accepting of yourself now. Doesn't mean that you don't have goals of how you want to be in the future or, or the versions that you want to be. But in order to get to where you want to be, you have to accept that that's where you are now. Now, I'm curious what you think of the six self-acceptance sign that I just described. If you have a hard time with any, all of them, or maybe none. 
just let me know where are you in your journey to self-acceptance and what is still standing in your way. So that's all I have for today for this week's podcast episode. Thank you for joining. You are worth knowing. And you can always reach me at rocks at honest rocks. I'll see you next week. Bye.